This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There comes a time in everyone's life. When talk is cheap. And it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros wrap up a four-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Astros looking for the series sweep after a 2-1 to win over Seattle yesterday. Justin Verlander allowed a run, struck out seven over seven innings. Alex Bregman hit a home run as the Astros have won three in a row and 15 of their last 19. Mariners have dropped five straight and 10 of their last 12. Astros 93-50, and 50, first in the AL West, nine and a half games ahead of Oakland, and they are 35 games ahead of the Mariners, who are last in the West with a record of 58 and 85. It's time for today's pitching matchup, brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, it's Garrett Cole getting the ball for the Astros today on his 29th birthday in uh, if 29 is anything like 28, a lot to be excited about. A 2.81 ERA for Cole this year, second in the American League. Well, what were you doing on your 29th birthday, Robert? I didn't have 15 wins, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he also didn't have a, a streak of 17 consecutive games without a loss and or back-to-back uh, games with 14 strikeouts. The list goes on and on, but he's pitched very well in his career against the Seattle Mariners, like a lot of the Astros pitchers have. Uh, seven career starts against them with a 2.25 ERA, so the Astros looking good for the sweep here. Meanwhile, the Mariners countering with Felix Hernandez, who at one time was one of baseball's best, but he's really struggled the last few years, has dealt with injuries, missed time earlier this year with a a shoulder problem. And since 2015, a 7.83 ERA in seven starts for King Felix. How about that? You mentioned 2015 because 2014 he won the ERA title, but it's gotten worse every year since then. He's just been a shell of himself. Uh, the changeup's not even there for him, and that was a pitch he could rely on uh, throughout his career and even last year and the year before that. But the changeup has been missing. He's relying much more on the curveball these days. But I'm sure the Astros know that, so they'll be sitting on it. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. You know, you look at last night's ball game, and it really came down to, as true with all one-run games, it comes down to usually a few moments in the game you can really look at. You think about uh, the Astros getting the the sack fly from Reddick after the the big double by Kyle Tucker as a pinch hitter getting the third on a wild pitch. And then how about Josh James, the back-to-back strikeouts of Dylan Moore and Malik Smith after the the Mariners had gotten two men in a scoring position in a, in a spot to take the lead with a single. Well, that, that inning could have gone a lot different had Lebmes Diaz not made a heroic play right. at first base. I mean, that, that inning could have gotten away from the Astros. They would have lost the game had he not come off the bag, dove to his right, and, and knocked down a ball on a throw from Toro uh, that would have tied the score at that time, and things could have gotten a lot worse uh, in that inning. So uh, there were a lot of great moments, but for me, that defensive play by Diaz saved the game. 
Let's take a look around Major League Baseball as teams race for the pennant. Brought to you by Apache. Apache Corp. Exploring what's possible. Well, the Astros uh, did not get any help from the Detroit Tigers last night as the uh, Tigers lost to the A's 10-2. But the Astros uh, lowering their magic number with their victory yesterday as the Astros' magic number currently sits at 11 to clinch a division. And the A's coming in to Minute Maid Park for a four-game series beginning tomorrow. So uh, obviously a chance for the Astros to lower that magic number even further because every game they win against the A's in this upcoming series, that's that's two off the magic yeah, number. Yeah, that's two off the magic number. And you, you know what? The A's are fighting for something. It, it has nothing to do with the division at this point. Right. I think it's a foregone conclusion. But they're fighting with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Indians uh, to get one or two of those wild card berths. And who knows, man, the A's can be very dangerous. If they are able to get into that wild card, uh, they can beat anybody. We know it. We know that they're a tough team because we play them so often. So it'll be nice to gauge what the A's have when the Astros play them four times starting Monday. Exactly. And those will be the last four meetings between these two teams in 2019 during the regular season. Coming up next, we'll be joined, as we are every Sunday, by Jeff Luno, Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager. But now this from your local station. Baseball season is back, and if you're at Minute Maid Park, head on over to the new Love Street Bar behind Home Plate for a wide selection of Carbach beers, including Love Street Blonde, Hopadillo IPA, and the Astros' very own Crawford Bach. Or visit us sometime at the brewery, where we're open seven days a week. Learn more at carbachbrewing.com or find us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Welcome back. Astros getting set to wrap up this four-game series, looking for the sweep against Seattle. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will be joined by Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Luno. And uh, Astros Magic number Jeff at 11 to, to clinch the division and uh, you know 19 games left, including today. And How do you guys balance, obviously, you know, looking ahead to – postseason which seems to to be very likely at this point but also keeping in mind the these last uh, couple of weeks of the regular season it's a fine balance for sure and i think one of the things that we have going for us is we have a lot of players uh that are striving for personal accomplishments so obviously we've got the two studs going for cy young and every time out they want to pitch you know as deep into the game as they can which is exciting we've got brantley still in the mix for the batting title we've got bregman coming up on some historic numbers here uh, so everybody's trying to, and, and then we're going to get some of our injured guys back, and, and hopefully they're going to be able to uh, play enough to be ready for what comes in October. So, And uh, the, quite frankly, as a team, we do have some goals left. First, we have to take care of business here, and, and we got Oakland coming in for four this week, and that'll be important, try and clinch the division as soon as possible. But also, you know, Yankees and us have the same exact record. We get the tiebreaker, but we can't let up at all because we know how important that home field advantage is, and we want it. So that's that's keeping us focused. Jeff, you, you talk about getting some guys healthy. So we're talking about Correa, who we saw take batting practice today. Uh, Presley, who threw off the mound yesterday. Guriel seems to be a, just a, a minor hamstring injury. Any concern with Correa, uh, where he is at this point of his rehab? Well, I'm always concerned when someone's out and it's a muscular type of uh, injury because, you know, the MRIs, or the, the imaging, the doctor's evaluations have all said that it's really up to him how he feels. Okay. There's nothing in there that's structurally wrong, so it's really about how he responds. So as we keep making more and more activity for him, it's really the next day, how does he feel? And so far, so good, but on any given day, he could go out there and take ground balls and report some discomfort the next day, and then we kind of take a step back. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, fingers crossed. I'm really hoping he gets two weeks of, of games in right, before yeah, the end of the it. season because we really, you know, the timing is everything. And in yep. the postseason, everything he's going to face is 97 and up. So yep. uh, he, that timing needs to be there. But right now it, it looks good. It's All signs are encouraging, but I'm not going to say it's any guarantee. But fortunately, we've got enough guys on this team that, you know, I, I don't want that to happen. But if we had to play some games without him, we'd be okay. It gets stumps the time of year, too, in terms of, rehab games and reps i mean the astros have a couple of minor league teams still in the postseason but don't know how long that's going to last uh, is there a hope that you can get correa whether it's instructional league or down in the complex somewhere uh, get him some reps uh, before he comes back yeah we're hoping that uh, round rock wins today and they have another five games coming up and if that happens it's possible correa could join them in, as part of that series which would be kind of fun for him and, and good for the team but um, if not, you know, we do simulated games here. We could send some hitters to Florida. There's an instructional league in Florida, but it also ends towards the end of uh, September. So mm -hmm. we'll figure out a way to do it. We've got plenty of hitters and, and plenty of coaches around, but um, certainly it's, you know, a little more lively competition if he's in a real game. Hey, with our eyes, we see Josh James get a little bit better, a little bit more clean with his delivery, and the velocity is starting to look good. He's starting to look like uh, the flashes we saw last year. That's got to be exciting for you. It's huge for us because, you know, with Presley out right now, Harris has been tremendous. Osuna's sort of gotten back on track, and we need that third weapon. And, and James right now looks like he's that guy. I mean, it's, it's electric stuff. You know, still a little bit too much traffic out there for, you know, close games, but he's managed to get out of it uh -huh. a couple of times here. So um, it's good to have him back. It's good to have him as a weapon. And you got, you know, Rondon and Devo and Smith. Smith's been pitching really well. So we've got – AJ has plenty of weapons right now. Obviously, it's key for us to get Presley back. If we can get Peacock back and that slider against right-handers is so – critical especially in a series against the Yankees so uh, and then McHugh so who knows you know how long it's going to take these guys to get back but we're I think we'll have enough choices of good weapons for AJ to use uh, late in the game in, in anything in October. Uh, how, how big of a blow was it to lose Aaron Sanchez going to have shoulder surgery this week and I guess after the surgery you'll have a better idea of of a, of a timetable for him. Yeah it was frustrating because you know these he was the centerpiece of that trade when we sent Fisher away and you know, he comes in here and, and has a couple good outings, and then, you know, all of a sudden he's feeling something in his shoulder, and, and uh, shoulders are tough. They're not like elbows. You don't have certainty of, of how bad it is. Once you get in there, you check it out, you repair what's in there, and then, yeah, you know, you see what's going to happen. But, you know, the, the reality is he's not going to pitch the rest of this year, and, and we're going to have some decisions to make this offseason because if he's going to miss most of next year, he becomes a free agent after that. So we're going to have to – you know, tr really try and understand what our what our options are. But it's unfortunate because he would have been a fun guy to have on our team this year and next year and, and would have probably made a playoff roster and made a difference for us. Jeff, uh, we didn't talk to you last week, but Alex Bregman was named the American League uh, Player of the Month. And what strikes me is when you extended Altuve, he goes on and has his best season. And same thing for Bregman. He just keeps getting better despite the extension. Uh, when a lot of guys might go the other way, these two you identify as the type of players who will never uh, slack, so to speak, when th once they get paid. That's exactly right. And I think a big part of the calculus for us is the player's drive. What drives the player? If the player's driven by money, it's probably not a good long-term investment okay. for us. If the player's driven by winning and competing and being the best he can be, and there's no two guys in, in, in sports that have more of a desire to be everything they can be than Alex Bregman and, and, and uh, you know, Jose Altuve, and quite frankly, Justin Verlander yeah, as well. I was about to are, say, yeah. You know, those are the three guys that we chose to make a huge investment in. And, yeah. and you know, also by taking in Granke's uh, uh, contract for the next two years, sort of same thing there. 
Um, and and that's when you make less mistakes, when you get guys that you know, even they're going to face adversity. And both Bregman and Altuve have had, you know, like points where they haven't played as well as they can, but they always figure out a way to come back. And that's that's why we, we gave them the vote of confidence. And once again, joined by Jeff Luno before the Astros look for the sweep against Seattle. We've kind of touched on Brad Peacock and Kyle McHugh a little bit. Sounds like uh, Peacock's in, in a good place right now in terms of being able to come back and help soon. And uh, what, where, what are you anticipating with, with those two pitchers? Always gets tough. You get this time of year, not a whole lot of games left. Yeah, I mean, Peacock, I think we, we, we're going to do everything we can to get him back. And even if he, in, even if he misses the, the division series, I think he's on a trajectory where he could definitely be helpful in the championship series should we be fortunate enough to get there. And, you know, you look at his weapons and how they match up against some of the right-handed bats and the Yankees and some other teams that we might face. He's, he's really important. McHugh's a little further behind, so at this point, I think the chances of him being able to compete, uh, you know, right out of the gate in the postseason are 50-50, but hopefully they get better if he starts feeling better. But right now, he's not throwing, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Um, just fingers crossed, we need, you know, we need to try and get these guys back. When you think about uh, roster spots, the, the bottom end of the roster to fill it out in the division series, you guys usually keep one less pitcher and, and add uh, somebody on the bench. Tucker, Straw, those guys are in the mix, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think you talk about Toro, uh, Straw, Tucker. Those guys are, you know, we're going to have uh, one of those guys at least on the uh, on the first round roster. And, you know, Tucker's obviously uh, getting his chance to play right now and is showing what we've been waiting for mm -hmm. all along. And Straw, we know what kind of weapon he is. And Toro's had a good year so far for us. So it's going to be fun. I mean, I th it'll be based on the matchups and who we're playing. And it could be anybody in that first round at this point. And, and you know, we still got to do some work to get there ourselves. You know, it's only been a week, but is it fair to say it looks like Kyle Tucker's more comfortable this this time through? You know, it was fun yesterday watching. It's, for me, that uh, or a couple nights ago, that hit that he had in extra innings to drive in the, the runner, the tying run, that was so huge. And then watching the uh, player's reaction when he got back in the dugout. And he's now, he's fully accepted as part of this team. Uh -huh. He feels like he belongs. He's Just smiling. Looks more relaxed. He looks smiling. relaxed. Yep. He's making plays in the outfield. I mean, this is the guy that I we all knew was there and there was so much pressure on him last year and you know he didn't uh, he didn't have a good outcome but he's uh, he's a good player and he's still really young and uh, I think it's fun to watch him smile in the dugout and it means we're, good things are ahead you know uh, Quad Cities out of the postseason but Ron Rock and Fayetteville are, are still in the postseason both have do or die game fives today as a matter of fact in their uh, postseason series and I know obviously it's important for the Astros to get to the postseason. That's number one. But I know it's also good as part of development to have your minor league affiliates get there and have these guys get a taste of that before they get to the big leagues. No doubt. I mean, we want our guys to experience winning uh, two game fives this afternoon. I'll be monitoring both of them during our game. Forrest Whitley is pitching for Round Rock. That should be a a fun time for him to go back out and show what he's capable of doing. Hopefully, a big he delivers. Game. Yeah, it's a big game for yeah. sure. And you know, Devo had a big game a couple years back to, for the uh, championship right. and uh, delivered and sort of put himself on the map. So the, hopefully, it's the same sort of thing for for Forrest here. But um, and and Fayetteville, they've done a tremendous job. You know, with all the weather in Carolina and so forth, they had two doubleheaders. They split both. That's that's you know natural. So today's a winner take all game five. So hopefully, both of them will win today and move on. Uh, you guys uh, will send some players to the Arizona Fall League, and Whitley's among those. But one player who's had a really good season in two uh, different classifications of A-ball is Jeremy Pena, who you guys drafted very high out of the University of Maine. 
We saw him in spring training just a little bit, saw him on the minor league side, and he looks slick in the field, really slick. But his average and his power numbers and things like that are getting better and better. He's got to be intriguing at this point. He is, and he's part of that Fayetteville team. I think he's got one or two homers in the playoffs right now, and he's, he's really driving uh, a lot of the offense there. And we knew that he was going to be a good defensive player, and, and you know, A.J. And, and others have said this guy looks like he can – he can play defense in the okay. big leagues today. So as, as we just need the bat to come along, and it, it is coming along. So he's turning himself into one of our top middle infield prospects, and, and we need more of those guys. Those are so far hard to find. He was a third-round pick, 2018, out of the University of Maine. Don't yep. see too many baseball players coming out of there. But his dad, Geronimo Pena, played right. uh, in the big leagues. Uh, when making decisions about guys in terms of drafting or, or signing guys out of Latin America, I'd imagine that when someone has that 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 background has that that pedigree that has to if there's if the two guys are equal that has to help in terms of making the decision it does and so does the fact that i had geronimo pena on my fantasy league team for like three years <laughs> stole a bunch of bases and hit a bunch of home runs for me i love the guy so when i when i figured out this was his son so if his like, dad stunk you guys wouldn't have drafted yeah, probably him. Not. <laughs> <laughs> all right last thing round rock clinches uh they go on to the next round is, is there still a chance to see another player or two come up in september or no yeah, I mean, I think Jack Mayfield is a guy that's been up here before, and he can, you know, play a couple different positions, and um, he's been a good soldier and really contributed. So, yeah. you know, he's a guy we're going to think about. Um, You're set with pitching? We're set with pitching with Abreu coming up and okay. Arquiti being here. And, you know, Armin Terrace is another guy if we end up needing a starter at some point. But at this point, you know, we've got Arquiti and Snead and, and Framber and others that, that can provide us some length. So... Uh, we'll, we'll have to play it by ear, but I'd say, you know, the guys that have been here are Monteros and Mayfield are possibilities, but we'll decide that as the next couple of days come on. All right. Astros president of baseball operations and general manager Jeff Luno. Thanks for joining us. Always good to catch up with you. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch after this. Big drives, dramatic putts, and great fun with friends. Tickets for the 2019 Houston Open are on sale now. Ticket options for this year's event held at the Golf Club of Houston on October 7th through 13th include daily general admission tickets, week-long tickets, and premium ticket packages. Make your plans now to take part in one of the PGA Tour's premier events. Visit HoustonOpenGolf.com to find tickets and all the info on this year's event. Come for the golf. Stay for the party. We're going to the ninth inning. Houston leading 7-1. to Great pitching by Kyle. Fabulous defense by Caminetti and Cedeno. Top-notch hitting by Caminetti and Candell. Also, Gonzo chipping in with two big RBIs. But that all takes a back seat now as we go to the ninth. They have had one base runner. A walk in the fourth inning. He later scored on a two-base wild pitch and an E3. Here is Hundley, 0 for 2. He's flied out to center twice. And there is a new center fielder. And it is Finley. Remember, he ran for Casey. Everybody in place. Kyle ready to work the ninth. Pitch on the way to Hundley. Strike call on the knees on the inside corner. And the dome is alive with a sound of applause. They're going to react on every pitch here. Oh, and one to Hundley. Here is the 0 1. Checked it. Did he go? Asked for an appeal. 
Well, I thought Scotty would surely ask. Didn't. No appeal coming. It's a ball, and the count is even at one and one. Tito Navarro, who played shortstop in the series, is on deck. That's a little high. Two and one. Oh, that was close. Was it ever? The Astros are straight away defensively. They are not very deep in the outfield, just about medium depth. Hundley leading it off in the ninth. Kyle has struck out seven, walked one. Those are the only blemishes. Kyle nods agreement. 2-1 to Hundley. High foul out of play over to the left. Levels the count. Two and two. The Astros made two brilliant plays in the seventh inning. First Caminetti on Murray and then Cedeno on Orsolet. Other than that, the outs have been routine. Two balls and two strikes, but in games like these, there usually is a player or two that will bring it back into vivid focus. Here's the pitch. Swing and a foul. He did Kyle a favor. Looked like the ball was up out of the strike zone. Fouled it back into the screen. The count remains. Two and two. A Wednesday night crowd. A lot of them leaning forward. Here is the 2-2. Swinging and a sinking liner to short. Throw to first. One out in the night. Oh, boy. Cedeno had moved over a couple of steps, or perhaps he was leaning on the pitch because it was a curveball. And though we mentioned that he was playing straight away, that ball was hit. It was a soft line drive, but it was a line drive and pretty much up the middle, and Cedeno was there in plenty of time to get in front of it. And your natural reaction when it went to left the bat, you weren't looking at the position players yet. You were following the ball, hoping that a shortstop would be there, and Cedeno was. And here is Tito Navarro. Batting left-handed. Pitch on the way from Kyle. Buzzes a fastball on his hands too tight. 1-0. and One ball and no strikes. You can hear the buzz in the crowd. Here is the 1-0. Down and out, 2-0. Navarro is a little guy. Kyle trying to make some pitches on him and has missed by a pretty wide margin on the first two. Navarro started the first game of the series at short and went 0 for 5. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Kyle challenged him there, and by golly, he got it right on by him. And he is bringing it right on up there. He came into the inning having thrown 70 pitches, 51 for strikes. Ready for a 2-1. Kyle kicks and delivers. Swinging foul out of play over to the left. That'll make it 2-2. Two and two. The leadoff batter will not bat. Walker is on deck. Everybody down in those seats, they're looking at one another. They don't know whether to say anything either. Guys on the bench are just back looking. 
Ready for a 2-2. Pitch on the way from Kyle. Strike call. Look at looking. Mets are down to an out. And Kyle's an out away from being in the franchise history book. Oh, boy, what a way to finish. Chico Walker. One of the best pinch hitters in the league. Chico Walker, Dallas Green, going to make Kyle earn it. Here is a guy who is a 351 lifetime hitter against the Astros. Chico Walker batting left-handed. The crowd is starting to get up. Strike called outside corner. Walker is three for four lifetime against Daryl Kyle. Two outs, nobody on, one strike to count. Walker leaning out over the plate. Here's the pitch. High a ball. And the natural reaction from the crowd. They want everything now. They want it for Kyle. One ball, one strike, pitch on the way to the pinch hitter. Strike called, outside corner. Down to an out, maybe down to a pitch. Everybody's up in the Astrodome. Kyle trying to end it, trying to make this the magic moment. Here it is. Swing and a miss. No hitter. No hitter. No hitter, Darrell Kyle. Kyle is mobbed on the third base side of the mound. What a night for that brilliant young right-hander who started the year wondering, would he be in Houston? Would he be in Tucson? Would he be a starter? Would he be in the bullpen? He's answered every question, and then some. 15-game winner, and does it with a gem. Now the reporters and the photographers and the TV cameras now they show up. Oh, what a moment. There is no feeling like it in sports. Darrell Kyle up to the side of the mound, between the mound and third base, and he is still being mocked by his teammates. Boy, oh boy, let him relish the moment. It is the ninth no-hitter in Houston franchise history. It's the first one since Scotty did it in September of 86 to clinch a division title. Rob Matwick is down there by him. Kyle probably numb right now. And just as soon as we can saddle him up, the old rank, what, what an experience this is for Larry Durker. Larry Durker pitched a no-hitter as an Astro. 
What an interview this should be. Trying to get him to that microphone and saddle him up. Rob Matwick right there. Another hug from his catter, catcher, Scotty Service. And what a moment for Scott Service as well. Two young major leaguers, Kyle and Service. And Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's still toweling it off. I think he's wants one more drink of that H2O right there. You know, Milo, there are some catchers who catch many, many years in the big leagues and never catch one. And some pitchers who pitch 21 years like Frank Sanana and never pitch one. All right, need to get it turned on. They've got it on, but it's not turned on. Can't talk to him if the mic's not full of juice. They've got a microphone on him. Got to flip the switch. Can you hear me? Now. You got us? You got, got me? It. All right. Daryl Kyle, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you guys. Daryl, you're going to have a big experience now, even bigger than you thought. Uh, Larry so Durker, who pitched a no-hitter, is going to interview you. Nice going. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Daryl Kyle, I know that anyone that has ever pitched a baseball in their life has wondered what it would feel like to pitch a no-hitter in the major leagues. How does it feel right now? Uh, I guess I'm kind of numb. It's unbelievable that uh, something like that happened to me, and I got the whole team to thank. There were some great plays out there tonight. How about that seventh inning with Caminetti and Cedeno? Those are probably two of the finest plays I've seen all year, and uh, they're just unbelievable plays. When did you have the feeling that it might be possible? Uh, I guess every inning when I went out there and the fans started yelling. Starting, I don't know when it started. <laughs> and how about with your teammates uh, on the mound after it was over? Will you ever forget that moment? I guess it'd only be one thing uh, a little more exciting than that, and that'd be winning the seventh game of the World Series. But it was uh, it was an awesome feeling out there. The crowd was up. It was not a large crowd, but boy, you had to know they were here in the last few innings. Yeah, it was a lot of fun pitching, and uh, I thank the people out there for yelling so loud. As you reflect back on the way you pitched the game. Was it the fastball, the curveball, the changeup, or the combination? Uh, I guess you know all the credit goes to Scott Service. He called a great game back there, and you know, I didn't shake him off but once or twice, and uh, he called a great game. The ninth inning is always an inning you will never forget in a no-hit game. Take us through the ninth inning as you remember it. <laughs> Tell you the truth, it went so fast I don't remember that much. Uh, I just remember there was a situation where I shook off twice, and Scotty wouldn't let me, and he, he wanted a curveball, and I threw it, and it came out all right. The ball that Hudley hit to Cedeno, it was a semi-line drive and sort of up the middle. Did it worry you at all? No, I just, I made my pitch, and if he would have got a hit, you got to tip your hat to the guy. Uh, uh, AC was positioned perfect, and like I said, I got lucky again. And the last two hitters, Navarro, the pinch hitter, and Walker, the pinch hitter, both strikeouts. What'd you get them on? Uh, they were both curveballs. Uh, I had a good curveball tonight, and I was able to make a quality pitch when I needed to. And you know, things just went my way tonight, and uh, it was a lot of fun out there. Was Flynn here tonight? Yeah, she's here. <laughs> she's here. I bet you can't wait to see her. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous, actually. Well, you sound a little nervous, and uh, you deserve to be. I just can't believe something like that happened. And it was just, you know, I'm just thankful I got such a fun team to, to be a part of, and it was exciting out there on the mound after the last out. Your 15th win. 
all-star team, no hitter. This has got to be a season uh, that will just be unforgettable in your life. Yeah, just there's a lot of things that's, that's happened to me this year I'll never forget, and this is definitely one of them. Well, we're going to let you enjoy this moment with your teammates now. If the other reporters down there will do the same, we'll let you get up to the locker room and cool off a little bit. Daryl Kyle, congratulations. You are the star of the game and the star of the season. Thanks, guys. Daryl Kyle. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.